0: And welcome back to the podcast you thought was gone, The Booby Fairy's Guide to Breastfeeding. I'm Danielle Goss, internationally board certified lactation consultant, and I am stoked because we have a co-host. It is my work wife. Uh, What you don't know is that we have started something new, and it is called the Tongue Tie Tribe. You have seen Dr. Michelle Weaver on one of my episodes. We talked about body work and chiropractic work, I don't know, how long ago? Uh, I don't know. A long t- yeah. couple time. Yeah. A long time ago. And so we opened a practice together. Michelle, how are you? Great.
1: How are you?
0: I'm good. Good. So let's talk about the tribe and why we did it.
1: Okay, awesome. Um so we started a tribe. Um it's called the Tongue Tie Tribe because it legit takes a village to raise a baby. Um I believe you approached me first. And said, hey, let's work together. I think we can help so many more moms, I believe. Yes. Yes. And then along came Dr. Berger, Dr. Roseanne Berger, our dentist. And then after that, we added Katie Byram, our speech pathologist. Really glad you said the
0: last name because I butcher it every time (laughs) I say it. Fun fact, I kept spelling her name K-A-T-Y and it's K-A-T-I-E.
1: Yeah, and she didn't repeat or she didn't uh, correct you because she didn't want to, you know, hurt your feelings. You know,
0: she now says that it's her spirit animal name. So (laughs) there's that. (laughs) Um, No. So, yes, this is true. So back in the day, Dr. Weaver actually came to me for breastfeeding help when she was a new mom. And then I started referring to her and vice versa, Mm -hmm. I believe. Yes. and I was super impressed and had her come on as a guest to talk about body work on babies because a lot of people are freaked out about chiropractors on babies, which they don't need to be because it's not pop, snapple, crack. I think I said that wrong. Snap, crackle, pop. Yeah. she's <laughs> Louise. Um, and so we decided we wanted to share a space together because both of us weren't, are were needing more hours. So we decided to join and then. The universe aligned and Dr. Roseanne Berger, who happens to be the first dentist in California to be an internationally board certified lactation consultant. And Dr. Weaver is also going to become an IBCLC stoked. Uh, We decided that since she and I are both moms of Tide kids, that there is a more holistic route to go to approaching Ties, especially where we're located in Orange County. Um, And so we decided to revamp things because medicine is always changing. And that's why we call it practicing medicine. And so Dr. Weaver actually taught me a whole new way of doing it.
1: You've also taught me a lot, too. I learned a lot about how to latch a baby properly and correctly.
0: That's still learning. I think that's the beautiful thing about all of this, though, is that we're able to, we've learned from each other in different ways, and it took a lot of convincing on your part to get me to change my ways because I (laughs) didn't get it. But we've been able to, like, figure it out as we go.
1: Yeah, which has been great. I think prior to the a combination of all of our skills together. I was seeing a lot of releases that were failures. And that's something that we didn't want. We wanted to brainstorm, figure out what can we do for these moms and these babies so that they thrive, not just get a surgery um, and do okay, but get a surgery and thrive. And if they don't need a surgery, great, still thrive. Um, And having I mean, even having Katie here is great because there are some babies that are so dysfunctional with their suck that, you know, they need extra TLC. And that's where Katie comes in. And she's freaking amazing, too. As a SLP, she does a lot of body work as well, which I think is kind of awesome because we all kind of...
0: Which is not... I don't think that's actually a normal thing for an SLP to do, which I think is why we're so different and unique because
1: we most IBCLCs don't do pressure points.
0: True. Don't
1: do pressure points on babies and moms to help increase milk. Right. And they also don't know cranial sacral techniques. So I think in general, we're just very special. We
0: are special yeah. in all definitions. Oh, my goodness. No, no. But we are. <laughs> anyway, um, so – for example, when I would I was under the impression, and I am not afraid to admit when I am wrong or relearning things that any type of oral tethering needed to be treated um, or, released. or released in order to get better. Um, I didn't understand the point of suck training because the way I was taught was that it's a collagenous fiber that can't stretch. And it's viewed differently in the dental world. And I think that's what makes Dr. Berger so unique in her practice as well as she's approaching this as well from a lactation point of view with her lactation training. And I mean, we're all learning and growing as we go, but uh I didn't, it, it took some convincing because that's not what I was not seeing though. Like, I only see problems that would come and see. I'm usually the first person that sees them. These kids are usually a hot mess because of Pitocin, which is a whole other episode. And then we would start to see these kids. I I would refer out, but they wouldn't necessarily. The ones that didn't do well post-procedure would not come back to me.
1: Correct. And I would see them because they would continue to see me for body work. And I was feeling like there's something missing from this puzzle because they're not getting better or they would get better and then they would regress, which I mean, again, there could be other extenuating circumstances. For instance, the snoo, which is another episode, but um, babies who were regressing after getting loose from a phrenectomy, but then possibly reattaching and getting tight again due to, i.e., the snoo.
0: We, are, we do not like the snoo. No. The snoo is poo-poo. Correct.
1: Not
0: <laughs> it's not a fan, which we'll ruffle feathers with, but that's never been new to this podcast. I'm not afraid of no. that. So Dr. Weaver told me, you need to start doing suck training. And I was like, what in the what? <laughs> um, that makes zero sense to me. I don't get it. And I got super frustrated the first like month we were open. Yes. A, we didn't anticipate... I don't think this to take off like it did. The
1: multitude of babies that we saw?
0: Yes. Yeah. And which is just a testimony of how badly it was needed in our area um, to create like a one-stop shop. A one-stop baby co-op. I prefer that better. Uh, then but even like Katie would start to see the cases that had gone to hell in a handbasket. And again, I wouldn't see that. And so then of course, you know, we all know what mom guilt is. Well, guess what? Practitioners have that too. (laughs) So I began realizing, well, crap, how often did I mess these kids up in the long run. And I was beginning to understand why there was pushback from some of these pediatricians. So it kind of became my quest to keep learning. And I told them I'd stick it out. I would try this new suck training shenanigans. I didn't see how it would work. And obviously with anterior ties, those are the ones that are usually pretty visible. There's really, those have to be you, you really well, they're can't
1: anatomically not functional at all No. they're just stuck they're
0: stuck you have to do that
1: yeah
0: but we also were seeing reattachment that didn't need to be happening so with the posterior tongue ties which are the ones that get missed all the time Dr. Weaver's like sometimes we can get these tongues functional and I was like uh a bull crap <laughs> <laughs> i disagree and then you freaking proved me wrong Which is good because I I think that's great. So it was really unique to kind of see all of us kind of come together and learn our thing and learn as we go. And now we're starting to see lives change. And what's even cooler is I feel like we're changing along with these families.
1: Well, it's also super exciting because some of these – because we work in the same office, if you have a baby that seems a little bit more difficult or I have a baby that seems more difficult and it's a first visit – I can easily be like, "Hey, can you pop in here?" Or you can say the same to me, and then we put all of our our heads together mm-hmm. and figure out what's the best course of that action. Whether that's seeing Katie first, whether that's doing suck training for a uh, you know extended amount of time, or whether it's body work first, or whether it's you know, let's see if we can do more pumping for mom to increase their supply before we do anything.
0: Well, I think the other part that's pretty special about the tribe is that we focus a lot on out-of-the-box thinking and we focus on the emotional, almost, dare I say, spiritual side of these moms. And Katie's very intuitive into that. You and I are intuitive into that um, because we all have been in those situations. And so we're able to pick up, I think, on – if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, but it's mooing, there's something else going on. Meaning like there's this baby should be able to latch. This baby should be doing it this mom should be producing. There's no medical reason that adds up. There's gotta be something deeper. And we have been able, and I think it's the three of us sometimes, four of us, but like we really dive in the cases together and say we're able to,
1: Figure, out figure it out. Well, and it's usually psychosomatic, ah. meaning uh, psycho, um, emotional,
0: not, not that you're crazy in yeah. the head because that <laughs> pisses me off. But that's the medical term of something that is emotionally driven.
1: Correct. Psycho meaning uh, emotional. And then somatic, som- soma being body. So it's something that is manifesting in the body. Um, from an emotional standpoint that might be subconsciously the mother is unaware. Um, there's always a reason almost, um, like multiple clogged ducks could be an emotional reason. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we uncover some serious, uh, traumas that pa- parents or mothers are very much unaware. Like this could be affecting the whole reason why I keep getting clogs, mm-hmm. which is also super awesome when we're able to help not only the breastfeeding journey, but also help the mother emotionally heal or find somebody to heal with.
0: And the trauma that even sometimes the, that resurfaces. Yes. Like for example, um, cases where, and, and this was me, myself, I think this had a part with you too. Like when we became moms, there was a, there was a fear of history repeating itself because the only example of parenting I had was my own parent, and that wasn't always a great thing. And so I, mom, if you're listening, I still love you. But what I was saying is that there was an underlying fear going into that. And I see that sometimes in in mothers that they don't realize that they are afraid of being a mother in general or making the same mistakes from generations past. And it's not necessarily taught in Western medicine. I think you probably learn this more in your field of just, or in acupuncture, like chi, getting stuck, like emotions get stuck within the body. And it is not surprising to me that there's a rise in autoimmune disorders or a rise in postpartum depression or ties or inductions, fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia which is, it, there's usually emotional trauma. And we've yeah. had a couple of cases where we've actually, these mothers, as soon as like the light bulb goes off, those issues resolve, clogs resolve, milk low milk supply increases and so what I hope we are doing to encourage you guys out there too is that keep seeking, a because if something feels off and your provider is not providing you with the tools you need to get better, there's often times a reason for that.
1: Find a new provider.
0: Find a new provider for sure. Yes. Anyway, uh, uh, what we have tried to accomplish here is create a village that is supportive for moms. I mean, we've had moms come in and just ask to take a nap, and that's okay. Yep. We'll hold a baby.
1: Um, you want to walk through, like, the typical, like, first visit? Yes. This is, like, the journey that they start here?
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh,
1: so, new mom calls. Right, They are nursing, may or may not have issues nursing, um, but they want the support. Mm-hmm. Um, first, they call in and they talk to our lovely office manager, receptionist, Alyssa. I made her. <laughs> she did. Um, Alyssa answers and uh, she will find out what it is that you're calling for. And if it's a lactation support um, visit or if it's a tie assessment Um, she will offer two routes. So either a, they get to see Danielle, um, and they get the lactation support and, um, and we'll do a pre and post weight, or they also have the option of seeing me, um, and same thing. So Danielle and I pretty much are, I mean, one in the same, the only difference or the main difference is
0: you're a doctor and I am not,
1: Yeah, but you know, that's just a title, um, (laughs) The main difference is they're getting uh, full spine body work. So no pops, crack with pops or anything like that. But they're getting some body work at the same time. Um, I usually do a weighted feed, but my latch isn't as great as yours. You are the booby fairy. You <laughs> sprinkle that dust, that magic on the boob, and uh, babies eat. Um, but they can either see you or me. Sometimes mm-hmm. they see both of us if, if we're here, which we're always here together because... I don't know when you're not here, when I'm not here.
0: I'm always here. This is my second home. That's why we have cozy couches, which to piggyback on that is we'll talk about Pitocin, I'm sure, down the road. But a lot of times I'm seeing when these moms come in to see me, these kids have had really rough deliveries and their jaws all wonky. (laughs) And a lot of that is just how they were born or Pitocin that's caused all this extra Trauma and so all I, it is out of my scope to realign a jaw. <laughs> so I call you in, yeah. and it still blows my mind every freaking time. Yeah, I don't know what you do. The kids just like what, and we laugh because. You'll hear Dr. Weaver in the background. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Alyssa and I, Alyssa's my daughter, by the way. Um, we'll be like, oh, we've had a, we got a jaw, ladies and gentlemen. And then these kids like magically nurse and latch on. They suck
1: better. They okay. suck
0: crazy, crazy good after that.
1: I mean, fat, so Pitocin, which we'll go into another episode. Pitocin itself is just gnarly in how uh, your uterus contracts so much harder. And these babies... Like, if you're not dilated at all and the baby's just being shoved to a hole that's not big enough, they're just being squeezed like crazy. So they're getting tense in utero. And then also the moms who have really fast deliveries, who are like, I sneezed and the baby came out. Or I pushed for five minutes and the baby came out. Or they just plopped out. So um,
0: That fetal ejection reflex.
1: Yeah i haven't experienced it so i don't know what that's like
0: legit seen it i think i sent you a uh tiktok on it and this mom this dad was like holy shitballs like this <laughs> i probably shouldn't say that on here but what else um and he's like catching, because the doctor didn't make it in time did i send you this video no. i'm sending you this video i'll post the link to literally the mom goes "Ah!" and like like pushes it coughs and the kid legit that's torpedoes that. out that's yeah, not that so happens. good for the cranium.
1: No. The no.
0: dad freaked out. Thank God. It... No,
1: but that's not good for the baby, for their shoulders, for their overall tension. And sometimes, yeah, the jaw misaligns. But, I mean, it's all, these are all things that are natural, that happen. They're common. Are they commonly missed? Yes, because most people don't take their baby to a Cairo after their baby's born. They, they should. should. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we just said that together. <laughs> they should. Every baby should see a Cairo because birth is traumatic. Both for mom and baby.
0: Yeah, and their partner, because they're watching the hoo-ha stretch <laughs> to unfathomable sizes. I mean, some dads don't
1: watch, and they admit it. But you know. we do
0: ask the dad yeah. sometimes, like, "Hey, during the birth- I'm laughing because we'll do that. We're like, so during the birth, did you see the? I don't know. I was too worried about it returning back to its normal size. I don't know. This is a tear in the headlights. It just, I can't. I know. It's okay. Man, the things we do as women. Yes. Anyway, back to what we do.
1: Okay. So, anyway, so they see Danielle or I, um, and then we do a full assessment. If it's an anterior tie, so what are we talking? To
0: the tip. To the tip. Of the, like a heart-shaped tongue. It, okay. Let's just say this. If your doctor is telling you it's mild, that's a
1: freaking yeah. big tie. That's an anterior tie. Yeah, because they don't know how to do- diagnose the posterior usually. So the Peds or the L and D or the postpartum nurses or the lactation consultants in the hospital, if they say that's a mild tie or that's a tie, those are almost always anterior ties.
0: Which, because having been in LC in a hospital for years, we weren't allowed to tell you. I know that really blows, but we were not allowed to tell you if there was a tie. So. I was always covering my badge and being like, Danielle, the random mom on the street, is going to tell you, wow, your baby has a tie. And then I'd get in trouble. So then I kind of got around it by saying, your pediatrician might suggest that this is a mild tie, which was my code of like, dude, go freaking get it assessed. Assessed. Yeah. Assessed. assessed? Assessed. Yes.
1: Um, so those, the anterior ties, um, we usually revise uh, within the week, if not, I mean, some parents choose to do it that day, depending on how bad the baby is. I mean, if the baby's super colicky, super gassy, not transferring at all, losing weight, jaundice, losing weight,
0: mom's nipples feel like they're falling off.
1: Those are the ones that we do like either that day or within the week. Yeah. Um, the babies who are posterior, so those are the submucosal, the ones that are not as obvious. Those are the ones that, like, the baby cries and the tongue might cup. So, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, it makes, like, a little u-cup when they cry. Or,
0: or it looks like a whale's tail.
1: Okay. And the jaw's quivering when they cry. Which is not normal. The tongue quivering. Um, I'm trying to think.
0: Their jaw kind of goes to one side. Yeah. But, but yeah. Like, well, and it's they like... click. Clicking with feeding. Correct. Like, it's...
1: Milk tongue, so you only have, like, a clean anterior. One-third of the tongue is, like, pink, and the rest of it's all coated with milk.
0: It's not thrush if it's just on the tongue. Yeah. Because the tongue can't lift and clean
1: itself. Because it's not elevating posteriorly. So these are the babies that we are recommending to do suck training. And, and we show the moms how to do it. We have videos on our on our Instagram as well. But we're we're basically trying to get this baby's tongue to work. So if it's functional, when we say functional – If 70% of the time it's sucking effectively and making um, transferring milk, those are fine. Those usually, we decide, we'll see them after one week of suck training. We'll see if the tongue gets strengthened. If it's at 90% capacity for like a sustained five minutes, no need to revise.
0: If there's no other symptoms.
1: Yeah, well... You know, some of these, that's where Danielle and I sometimes argue back and forth because I feel like as long as you're continuously doing the suck training, the symptoms should not arise. But that's how I feel.
0: But they also need to be doing body work with that. Yes. Because, and not use a snow. Correct.
1: I almost feel like Katie needs to be brought in. So that's a future uh, podcast to talk about posterior ties. But um, so, anyways, if it's a posterior tie, We recommend suck training. We also teach parents how to stretch the buckles. So the abicularis oris or the the surrounding tissue, it goes like a circle around the mouth. That's the muscle. And the masseters, if you're stretching around the buckle, that will loosen the muscle, not the buckle itself.
0: That's a cheek type. That's the cheeks.
1: Correct. So if you're stretching those areas... Then, ideally, we don't have to revise those buckles, those cheek ties. Almost always the upper lip and the tongue need to be revised. But if we can get away with not revising and be more conservative to cut less, then great.
0: Which is the hope. And I think the difference is sometimes I've seen Dr. Berger only do one.
1: One side. One side. Yeah, because one side's tight. Right. And those are the kids that have the torticollis which is the favoring of the one side, tilting their head to one side, and rotating to one side constantly. So they all only want to look one way when they're sleeping. They only want to nurse on one breast sometimes. And they end up with plagiocephaly or the flat head, and then eventually need a helmet if they didn't um, find a body worker.
0: To help them through yeah. the crazy of that. Yeah. That's always a, that's a rough, rough. but I mean, I always assumed every case of torticollis usually had to do with ties.
1: Usually ties are almost, almost synonymous with torticollis. Right. Almost every baby that I've seen now that has had torticollis. And you know, before I knew as much as about ties, unfortunately, I feel really bad for some of those babies because I feel like I did a disservice because I didn't know as much. As I do now. And now, all the ones that have torticollas, they all have ties.
0: But we didn't know then what we know now. Yeah. And at least we're able to admit that and learn, which I think is important. But I also, to clarify, in my season one episode on ties, I was originally taught that buckles are not supposed to be there. And that apparently is wrong. And they are supposed to be there. It's just where they're connecting that matters. Because you have to have a ligament where the cheek connects to the gum line. That's how our cheeks stay on our gum lines. It's just where in the gum it it hits and or if it's it blanching.
1: Yes. Does it go all the way down to the bottom of the gum line? Is it turning white? Is it pulling the cheeks down? That's when later on it can cause possible gum recession. But...
0: And weight loss in babies, like there's been a couple of cases where some providers will never treat a a cheek tie. And we had a case where the kid just wasn't gaining, like had a revision, wasn't gaining, which is I think another reason why pediatricians get frustrated because they're like, okay, well, these kids aren't getting better. And it's like, it's not cookie cutter. You got to take each case as they come. But if these, sometimes with these kids, if they have sucking blisters where the calluses on their lips, it could be an indication of that. And then they're burning more calories than they're taking in. It's that sucking that milkshake through a straw with a hole in it while running on a treadmill.
1: Yeah.
0: I just showed you how to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so we um, give them a week of suck training, have them come back for a suck assessment and then determine, do they need it or do they not? Um, in addition um, we recommend if you're if the parents are using snoo to drop the snoo, we usually will sometimes give stretches as well. So a lot of times if these babies are really tight and have the torticollis or have the um, the kink in the neck or the plagiocephaly. plagiocephaly or the t- flat head doesn't show up immediately usually. sometimes they can have a weird dome because they had a vacuum extraction. Um, and that's going to cause a torticollis, but we give them the stretch as well to see how well they do in that one week of suck training, stretches, um, mouth stretches. And then um, the ones that are the probably the most difficult, the ones that I've seen are more failure to thrive, are the ones that don't do the suck training. And the moms have an overproduction mm-hmm. or a overactive letdown, and the baby literally opens their mouth. It's a fire hydrant, and they don't have to suck. Right. So this is where Danielle comes in because she's a freaking master. (laughs) (laughs) She'll recline the babies. So she'll do a full recline where the mom is laying fully on their back, and baby is having to now work against gravity Mm -hmm. so that they're actually suck training because they're working their tongue and no longer just opening their mouth like a fire hydrant rushing milk in.
0: Which cuts down on the gas and the reflux. Correct. Which is biological, though. That's why, I mean, they're supposed to feed that way. Which is crazy. No one tells you that.
1: In the hospital, I learned football. Don't do the football hold (laughs) ever. But that's what they teach you. Ugh. I mean, I had a baby in March of 2021, and that's legitimately what they told me. And I was like, this hurts.
0: That's bonkers to me. That, anyway... That's the dirty little secret with the oven again, chala. I don't care. It's my podcast. <laughs> the football hold is literally, a, it's easier on the hospital staff to do that, truthfully. Yeah. And then, and you're in a hospital bed, and then you go home, and then these moms are trying to replicate it, and then the kids chomp their nipples or play possum, and it looks, it's, it's yeah. just backfires every single time. That's why you get the dark line on your belly. That's why your areolas get bigger and darker. It's because babies can only see in black and white. So they have to follow the treasure map to the targets where the baked brownies are.
1: Which is why they want to follow the line up and lay on top. And that's why they're like
0: super comfy and cozy. And moms are like, oh, my God, it's not supposed to hurt. I know. It's not.
1: Well, they're actually feet. And it's funny because some of these babies who will come in who will do cross cradle or cradle will transfer like, like, okay, let's talk about it. uh, Mom with the super overactive letdown had. This is her second or third baby. Uh-huh. She's coming in and the baby's like three weeks old. The baby lashes for five minutes and they transfer like four ounces. And mom's like, wow. And we're like, shit. <laughs> exactly. That's that's great, mom. But it's also not because this baby is chompy and not sucking at all. Or they'll do, oop, oop, oop. Yeah, because they're choking yeah. from the massive fire hydrant letdown
0: and then they're her supply tanks at 3 months because the baby's never learned to remove it
1: to suck yes mm-hmm. and that's why we we preach and really work on the suck training so um those are the ones that i would see all the time that were revised the moms would have overactive letdown and then they would be failure to thrive at 4 months 5 months 6 months sometimes 3 when the suck reflex integrates and then i was sending a lot of business to Katie
0: mm-hmm. um
1: because I didn't know what to do for these babies. Body work doesn't do suck No, and
0: once the suck's integrated, I can't do a whole lot but change positions. I can't either. Because then those kids have hyperactive gag reflexes. And what's crazy, and Katie will come on and talk about that, but she's like, it's all in the booty. It's true. It has a lot to do with the sacrum.
1: But a lot of these babies, too, sometimes they reattach because the tongue never functionally starts to work. It just never anatomically moves in the way that it needs to because it should be moving in like a wave. Yes. And if it never does that and they're just chomping, then, yeah, you're at risk for reattachment, And that's why I was so headstrong about we have to do things different when we open. Yeah. And um, I would say our success rate is pretty high. Yes. I would even say like 95%.
0: Oh, for sure. From you mean from like success post versus reattachment?
1: Well, I don't think we've only had maybe one reattachment, but, uh, unfortunately that one was SNU related. Yep. Um, and you know, some parents don't want to listen to, you know, (laughs) medical advice and that's okay. I get it. Um, but, uh, overall, all the other ones, like, we've had tightening of them, and there was still involved, and then the snoo was cut out. And they got better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think overall, like, our failure to thrive.
0: Those have gotten way better.
1: Yeah, I would say that's two to well, three
0: percent. Yeah, oh, for sure. Especially if Katie gets involved. And usually those ones are, are is something emotional, emotional or deeper that is, like, something medically deeper. Yeah, correct. That is really not feeding related at all in in any way. And and that's where I started to see after about a month. uh, There's one case in my pre-days of this really floppy tongue I can remember Mm post-procedure that I got called in to help with. um, That wasn't even my patient originally. And I struggled because the nipple kept hitting under the tongue. Mm -hmm. And I was like.
1: Even with uh, like laid back? It yes, it oh. didn't
0: matter. Like I could not no matter what position I got this mom in, the nipple kept hitting the tongue and so the baby couldn't eat. Latch, Latch right. And the mom was beside herself and oh my gosh, why did I do the phrenectomy? And and I was like, oh God, I gotta pull out all my tricks for this one. I mean, eventually we were able to I had to use a tongue depressor to push the tongue down oh, wow. to get the baby in a laid back on top, but I had to physically push the tongue you down know to cut. Even with the nipple shield, so mom had the nipple shield. I had to push the tongue down with the tongue depressor and then be able to get the baby on. And
1: was this an anterior or posterior? Do you remember? It was a
0: posterior so, that should not have. It, the, the The tongue was really, really weak. Really weak. Um, because sometimes with the anteriors, it's a it's a crapshoot yeah. whether or not the tongue's going to be strong enough after. But you can't really train an anterior tie. But that's was one that kind of stuck with me when you were trying to tell me, like, no, we got to do the suck training. And I was like, okay, I get it. I just got to see it to believe it. And then that's never happened.
1: Yeah. Well, all these babies are, they're, if they're sucking pre and they're doing well, then they usually do really well post. Um, I feel like some parents don't continue with the suck training as they should. Um, and the only ones that matter, I feel like, again, are the ones with the overactive letdowns mm-hmm. because the babies aren't, sucking. Right. Um, but as long as mom modifies the way baby eats so they suck, mm-hmm. those babies do just fine. And I think that, you know, now that, you know, you're seeing my world mm-hmm. and I see your world, Dr. Berger sees all aspects. Because Dr. Berger was also not seeing, I mean, she was to some extent uh, the four five, six months down the road. Those were the ones, actually, I think it was just me and Katie that were seeing. and I was Yeah,
0: she and I wouldn't see those. Yeah. So as far as we knew, all was well.
1: Yeah, and I was beside myself because I was like, these frenectomies aren't fucking working. Excuse <laughs> my language. But I was so over it. We can say fuck here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was so over it because I was like, why did you do this surgery when it's not working? And these babies are not, like, the whole goal was to breastfeed and like, mom had to stop or mom's milk supply or something dropped, like, dropped dr- dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, like, I mean, it's such an invaluable learning experience for me being here because I feel like I'm learning. I'm about to have a baby in February, and I feel like I finally have the tools for this baby to come. Because my first baby, I revised it one week, and we didn't do sex training, and I had an oversupply, and I feel like she probably reattached did yeah. I see you after
0: the yeah, revision?
1: After the revision, maybe within a week. And you got the baby to latch, my daughter, but I couldn't at home. And I didn't tell you that because I was too prideful.
0: Well, you didn't know me like you know me now.
1: Yeah, correct. So I was, yeah.
0: Now you'll just bribe me with coffee and say move in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or alcohol.
1: Yeah. Any, or, any,
0: any, any of above. Any of the above. That works too. But the side note of that, the one thing we will get on, dude, we're gonna get on so many squirrels <laughs> and rabbit trails on this this podcast. The other thing that I think makes us different um, is that we are also incorporating. Well, your world's more Eastern medicine, yeah. and Katie's more Eastern medicine.
1: Very body centric.
0: Very body centric. Yes, I'm kind of just like whatever, feather in the wind. I just always, I'm just a research nerd, and and Dr. Berger is a constant learner too. Like right. that was, I was really impressed with when we opened up the center. She just dove in to keep learning and researching. How can I make the technique better? What can we do yeah. to make it less invasive? How do I know that I don't need? And and she would turn pa- patients away, which is refreshing as hell because there are a lot of providers that don't do that. Yep. That are just like, Peace out, sauerkraut, and we'll do it no matter what. And I don't think that's ethically correct.
1: No.
0: So which makes her standard side. But we also like incorporate lavender oil because that reduces infant yeah. pain by 50%.
1: Okay, so so they need the procedure. They come okay. back after the suck training. The suck looks perfect and great, or not perfect, but like sustainable enough that they will do well after procedure. And mom is also feeding well. So then they schedule for the phonectomy. So yep. when they do the phonectomy, it's usually Dr. Berger and Danielle. Yeah. It's yes. just you guys.
0: Unless um, there's a specific case and we'll pull you in. Like if this, if the case has like a next it will
1: Well, if issue. it's an older kid. Yeah. Sometimes we I'll need three in. hands. Um, and sometimes too, I don't want to call them VIP patients because they're not necessarily VIP. Everybody's VIP. But sometimes if I have nothing else going on, I'll go in and assist as well, which is kind of cool because when I go in and assist, I'll do cranial work. So, um,
0: And you can feel it release. Yes.
1: So I can feel the suboccipitals. So the muscles that are right underneath the occiput, I have my hands on there when Dr. Berger's doing the laser frenectomy, and I feel it melt like butter. So yeah. that tension or that fascia that connects from the tongue all the way down to the foot, I feel it just melt away, which is insane.
0: But um, she uses that as a guide, too. You yeah, know, so doctor, like Dr. she'll Berger, stop once as soon as you say that.
1: Which is cool. Um so but typically I'm not in there. So typically it's you and Dr. Berger.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and it So
1: go over the procedure. Ah,
0: okay. So there was a study that came out that states that lavender oil reduces infant pain by fifty percent. That's a bonkers, that's such an easy thing to do. Yes. So we diffuse lavender oil, which it smells like a spa on there. It's delightful. We have an elephant, a purple elephant diffuser. Yes. Love it. Anyway, that literally like is diffused in there. And we we start that process. Then the baby is swaddled in a velcro papoose and we have white noise going. I do some calming cranial sacral while this is happening. The protocol is that we, we want it to the baby to ideally inhale the lavender for two minutes, if possible. The babies are usually in the room about eight to ten minutes. The procedure takes maybe ten seconds. Yes. What we're so. doing is, A, calming them. They wear little sunglasses, which I think is the hilarious. Those
1: also the most adorable thing because they're very cute in the sunglasses.
0: They're pineapples. Yes. It's adorable. Anyway, sometimes I'll take pictures for the parents because it's cute as hell. Anyway, um, and then she numbs the area with a lidocaine tetrazine combo gel. It's watermelon flavored. We do before pictures and then we do after pictures after the procedure is done, so interns can hopefully reimburse. And then we immediately take go. I go with mom into the breastfeeding room and we feed right away.
1: And. Um, The other thing you didn't say is Dr. Berger a lot of times. So she usually starts at the tongue. She revises the tongue first. And then she'll revise the upper lip. If revising those areas alone loosens the cheeks, then she doesn't touch the cheeks.
0: That's right. She has at times gone in thinking she was absolutely going to do it and then Didn't didn't have to. Or vice versa. But usually... She's very conservative when it comes to that, which is awesome. Awesome.
1: So then uh, Danielle takes them to mom. Uh, uh-huh. Dr. Berger usually informs moms what areas phrenectomies uh, were performed. And then you're in there and you're trying to help these babies who are newly numbed latch <laughs> to mom, which in itself is an art form. Because... I don't know about you, but if my tongue was numb, I don't think I could eat or swallow. But,
0: you know. I literally did that after I got some dental work. I tried to suck a straw and yeah, I just I couldn't do it. It's a hot mess. It's, it's a, mess. a hot mess. Yeah. It's, yeah it's ice cream everywhere. Yeah, but you're
1: able to get these babies to latch, which is beautiful.
0: Well, thank you. It's just little booby fairy
1: dust. It's awesome. So then you latch them and mm-hmm. we get a, a weight after. We've already weighed them right before we did the frenectomy.
0: Yeah. But my favorite is that the moms were like, oh my gosh, the baby's not latching. And I'm like, girl, they're legit like pulling and gulping, but it's not hurting. So they don't think it's happening. But and I'm always nice. like, welcome to breastfeeding.
1: Which is amazing. It should never hurt, by the way, ever. No, don't ever. listen to that
0: it's supposed to. Yeah.
1: It shouldn't. And if it is, something needs to be adjusted. Correct.
0: So that's always kind of fun to see these kids be transfer, like, three ounces in five minutes, and it didn't hurt. And they did
1: great after, because mm-hmm. they're actually transferring, and they're sucking effectively.
0: And I'll show them the stretches, which is the worst part of this whole thing. You have to do the stretches. It blows. Yes. It sucks, both literally and figuratively. But we also provide you with diluted clove oil.
1: Yes. So the clove... Uh-huh. Um... I actually am the one that uh, had suggested the clove. And the reason for the clove is, so clove is great for teething. Um, It's also great if you, as an adult, have tooth pain, like adult onset tooth pain. Um, Clove numbs the bejesus out of anything. But we don't give a dose of clove essential oil where it's so numbing that because it's a hot oil, so it burns. Mm -hmm. So we actually dilute it with coconut oil. um, And we dilute it so that it's slightly numbing to the taste. So usually Alyssa or I. Alyssa usually doesn't like the taste of it, so I. Speak. Alyssa doesn't
0: like the taste of anything. Yeah,
1: that's true. So I'm usually the one that's tasting it and making it stronger or diluting it. Um, but we give coconut oil, which is antibacterial. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also antifungal. Uh, clove is antifungal, antibacterial, and antiviral in property. So um, it helps to numb, but it's also um, healthy. Uh,
0: so that prevents what... infection in the Correct. wound, which I didn't even think about that. I should start telling parents that because they're always so worried that it's going to yeah, yeah, get infected, no yeah, which zero. it doesn't happen. Yeah. I've never seen it. No.
1: Um, so we put that we recommend them putting that on the sites that we revised so that it's slightly numbing. Um, so it's not as painful. Mm-hmm. And then um, applying that with their finger while they're doing the stretches or right before they do the stretches and then. They're stretching, what, every four hours, yes? Yep,
0: every four hours, we the clock for the first 48 hours, and then they come back and see you.
1: Correct. And we usually recommend um, Tylenol or... Genexa. Actually, yeah, we like Genexa more. Genexa is the cleaner brand of Tylenol. You can get it at Target. Um, Amazon has it too, but it's agave syrup. It's not corn syrup.
0: So it's acetaminophen with agave syrup. Correct. The kids um, love it.
1: Well, they like any sugar. Though. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but we recommend that for the first forty-eight to seventy-two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the parents want to do more holistic options like arnica. My personal experience, I don't think arnica really works.
0: I've had a phrenectomy. Arnica doesn't work, honestly. Yeah. Like I if these, and if the kid's crying because they're in pain, it's going to make the tongue sore. Yeah, and then and it's worse. That. Yeah. So we don't want that either.
1: So it's usually the first two to three days that are the worst. And we just recommend lots of skin to skin. And then they come back in two days and I see them. Mm-hmm. And then I do body work because, again, the tongue, there's a line of connective tissue that goes from the tongue to the foot. So I make sure that now post phrenectomy everything can be loosened. I usually also do, well, I say usually, but it's been a little, uh, rolls have been slightly <laughs> you know
0: are you talking about stretching yes
1: <laughs> it's usually Daniel that doesn't stretches at the two days in the one week um, I usually am fine with them but being that I am due in February I am hormonal as hell she cries
0: all the time Yes, and I find it adoring and hilarious so she's realizing her second child most likely will have a tie and that she's going to have to do this on her baby so right. I just come in and do it
1: Yes, yeah, so because
0: I time. love you <laughs>
1: And I love you for doing them, too, because it's, it
0: sucks. In, unless I get bit. And then it takes. Yeah. That's not pleasant.
1: No. But usually uh, they get stretched. And then we also do pre-post-weight. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm not a lactation consultant.
0: Yes. You're in the training, yes. though.
1: Um, But this is something that I've been doing Mm -hmm. since even before you and I were together. I've always latched. I didn't have a scale, so I have no idea how much they took, but I wanted to make sure that they weren't chompy Mm because I'll work on the jaw sometimes when they're latched on mom. Um, And then they leave. And then what? They come back in a week, right? Yep.
0: And they see both of us, which is the benefit of us all being in one office.
1: Which is awesome. So they see me again in a week and I do body work again. At that point, I usually go over guppy. Guppy is a stretch, again, it can be found on our Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, tongue-tie tribe, and um, that helps to stretch anterior tongue to foot. So babies typically already arch when they're tied because it feels good. Um, I wait until about a week to do Guppy because everything is not as sore in the mouth and it feels better. Um, And then uh, I do the body work and I pass them off to Danielle and she does the stretch because she's already going to see them, (laughs) which is great.
0: Um, and then she, and we, and then there's a scab that often gets moved at that point. So we would rather be the ones to do it than mom and dad. So, and then we latch them and I do a quick check-in of like, how's your supply? How is it feeling? Are you having any pain? What are we seeing? And then at two weeks, they come back in and see Dr. Berger for their final check. And then we do
1: another photo post, two week post. Photos, mm-hmm. make sure there's no reattachment, and then we give stretch, or I'm sorry, not stretches, massages. So
0: massages for three months. Yeah. Which seems like a lot, but it's well worth it.
1: And then, you know, we're not kicking them to the curb at this point. We're just telling them, hey, if you ever want to come in for a recheck because you feel like the tongue is tight, mm-hmm. or if you ever feel like you want to come in for a weighted feed, we don't charge for that. We just have them come in um, yeah. and feed so we can see if they're transferring well. Um, if there's still tension in the body or torticollis, um, they can always come back and see me as well. And Danielle's always available too for latch support because some babies need a little bit more TLC. So it's hard when you're a mom and breastfeeding is fucking hard. It is hard. Probably it, one of the hardest things I've done.
0: You know, I was I saw this yesterday on another LC's page, but they were like, you know, your last final trimester of pregnancy, you're doing weekly oh check-ins God. for to make sure that baby's okay, and then you have your baby. And no one's checking in on you
1: Yeah. to see how you're doing. It's kind of a joke.
0: It's not. And that's the hard part. Yeah. That's all right. You guys can buy my book. It's the Booby Fairy's Guide to Breastfeeding.
1: Yeah, which is probably the most comprehensive lactation book <laughs> I've ever read. And I feel like that's all I need. That was a shameless plug, words. but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. It has everything in it.
0: We try. I tried. Yeah. I tried. And there's an audio version of the book now. by the way yay it's six hours and 43 minutes of listening to be exact that was a lot of talking on my part
1: yeah but you know
0: it is but that's what we do and that's why we started the tribe and we are very excited about it and i'm super excited to start this new season And have a
1: co-host, finally. Yay! At least, you know, for a little bit before I go on maternity.
0: Whatever. You think I'm going to let you off the hook? Whatever. We'll take a break and I'll just bring the (laughs) microphone to you. And then you'll hear... Baby crying. Baby crying and be like, let's live demo, JK. Dude, we should have gone live. Yeah. On our Instagram. Oh, well. We'll start doing that, listeners. Spread the word. All right, guys. Well, here has been another episode. Welcome to the new season. Welcome to the new chapter. Welcome to the Tongue Tie Tribe. You can follow us for all of our information at Tongue Tie Tribe on Instagram, and then of course you can also find me on TikTok at the Booby Fairy, and also on Instagram as Danielle Goss IBCLC, and then Dr. Weaver has a page. Uh-huh. What is your
1: at Weaver Cairo Wellness is my Instagram, and then my TikTok. I'm so not a TikToker, but that's I'm all right. I got trying. you. Through. I think it's Super Cairo Mom is my handle but you know just go
0: to her instagram that's
1: where all my stuff is
0: we just have Alyssa do tiktoks yeah (laughs) because she gets it all right guys until next time have a wonderful time happy latching